Hey everyone, today we're going to go ahead and slide right into the discussion of gluten-free diets and gluten-free lifestyles. What's the difference between the two and what my opinion is? So some reasons that you might see for gluten-free diets and lifestyles consist of celiac disease, gluten sensitivity, a wheat allergy, weight loss, other autoimmune diseases or anti-inflammations, um, autism is another one, and fad dieting. So, you know, in my opinion, a gluten-free diet is technically a fad diet that people try out because they hear that removing the gluten from their daily diet will help them lose weight faster, you know? As for the gluten-free lifestyles, you know, those are the people that live those lifestyles are the, are the people that use it for health reasons, you know, whether it's the celiac disease or a gluten sensitivity, or autism, or wheat allergy, you know, or other autoimmune diseases that are affected uh, in certain ways by gluten of some sort. And typically when you have someone that's living a gluten-free lifestyle, you know, they're not just looking for the gluten-free foods. They're also looking for the gluten-free, um, you know, shampoos, conditioners, body washes, soaps, um, medications and other products that they would use not just you know internally when they digest it but also on their skin because that could lead to uh, rashes or other issues uh, leading up to you know health health problems and, and ending up in the hospital you know I read blogs and other social media posts that kind of get me scratching my head at times uh, when Completely having to switch to a gluten-free lifestyle, people sometimes just don't understand that the food is very similar. Um, maybe not how it used to be. And at one time, sure, there was limited options to the gluten-free foods that were available. But in today's day and age, it's completely different and a complete turnaround as far as the options that you have. Um, when it comes to, number one, purchasing foods and also um, going out to eat. I mean, you have foods that are labeled gluten-free, so you could see the labels now instead of doing, you know, extra research, reading in the ingredients and trying to know exactly what those ingredients are. Because let's be real, not everyone, including myself, um, know half of the lingo or, or terms that are used uh, to describe the... Uh, additives or ingredients that are in an item so it's not as easy as picking up the bag and going oh I know what all these are okay yeah it's gluten-free when the reality of that is is you look at those ingredients and you're like well what the heck is all of this stuff I've never heard of this but if it says gluten-free on the package and you do a little bit more research not just pick it up and, and go on a whim because the package says hey it's gluten-free but do some research google it Look and see if other people have had experiences with that product to lead to, you know, whether it's a positive or negative experience, but that would sway your decision on whether or not to get that item and even test it out for yourself, knowing what level of gluten intolerance that you have, whether it's because of a celiac disease or another autoimmune disease, or if it's just, you know, on a whim, hey, I want to stay away from gluten. You know, I, I constantly see you know, people that are worried, 
like, what do I eat? What can I eat now, now that I have to be gluten-free? You know, I miss my old food. I miss french fries and, and covered in cheese and all this stuff and, and fried chicken and, you know, array of, of different foods. But, honestly, you can get all those foods the same exact way. You can make them at home and still have the same experiences. There's no gluten in cheese unless you're using some, you know, off-the-wall cheese that is mixed with other things. Well, then at that point, obviously, you got to change your cheese. But, you know, there's brands of french fries specifically, like, or Ida has it labeled on their bag gluten-free. You know, I've used that product for a very long time, even before I had to be gluten-free for my wife. Um, but... It's a good good product. It's a good brand. Uh, the french fries taste amazing. All the potato um, items that they offer taste pretty good. I mean, I, I have no complaints. But again, like, it takes just looking at the bag and knowing that you can still eat those items. Same thing with fried chicken. You can go home and make the fried chicken, you know? You don't necessarily have to go to a Popeye's or, or a KFC or something like that. To go get fried chicken. Just take your chicken at home and, and find gluten-free breadcrumbs and make your fried chicken. So, that being said, like, prior to uh, me changing my diet, uh, you know, I used to eat pasta dishes and Spanish food a lot. That's just how I was brought up and, you know, that's just who I am. So, at first I was kind of skeptical because I got worried about you know, the pasta. Well, do you guys even have gluten-free pasta? Like, is that something that, that exists? Like, because to me, it's hard to process that. Like, how do you have gluten-free pasta when most of it's made with some type of wheat or flour or something, right? So, you know, come to find out after much research and asking my wife, um, there is gluten-free pasta and it actually tastes pretty good. And they have the fresh packages in the cold section at the grocery store. Certain grocery stores have it. Like, Walmart has it. I believe Target started selling it. Um, I've not seen it at Publix, but I know other stores carry it as well. And if you're not in the southern region um, of the United States, your items might be different. But I can assure you they offer very similar items for other brands. And also, you know, boxed pasta. They have... Uh, brands that make gluten-free uh, versions of the pasta. And it tastes amazing. There's not really a difference in the in the taste. You cook it the same, and you, it's gluten-free. So, you know, for, for me, that took a, a little bit of getting used to. Um, but once I figured it out, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, same thing with, like, the Spanish food. So, you know... I'm used to eating beans, rice, and breaded palomia. And for some of you, that's called um, bistec de empanizado, okay? So, which means breaded steak. And for some of you, you might not even know what that is. But breaded palomia is something that we used to eat a lot in my house. And that's just steak that's breaded with breadcrumbs and fried, right? So... It, this took a lot of trial and error for me because I was used to eating that and I did not want to change that. So 
I went out and I found some breadcrumbs. And I was like, okay, they're gluten-free. Let's try this. Well, those breadcrumbs, are, they're almost very similar to a panko-style breadcrumb. Um, so they're a little bit chunkier. And I can tell you my first experience making breaded bologna with those breadcrumbs um, was horrible. However, the next time I got them, and the reason it was horrible, I'll just say this, is because uh, those type of breadcrumbs retain the grease. And so it makes the meat greasier than it needs to be. Because that's not what it's about. Like, you're not eating this food because of the, the you know, it's engulfed in grease. You don't want that much grease. So, uh, especially when you're frying stuff. But, um, so I decided, let me see if there's something comparable at the grocery store when I go next time. I happened to find uh, this breadcrumb that was in a clear container with a black lid. I can't tell you what name brand it is because I can't remember. I only bought it one time and it was super fine breadcrumbs, uh, like breadcrumbs are typically. Um, and I used that and it tasted exactly the same. It was amazing. There was no difference. Um, no issues with it. Uh, the meat wasn't greasy or anything like that. Then, when I went back to try to find those breadcrumbs again, I had to improvise. So, Udi's also makes a breadcrumb that isn't, uh, panko style. And I was able to use those, if my memory serves me correctly. But, when I can't find anything else, I do get the ones that are gluten-free panko style. And I just put them in a food processor or a blender, and I make sure that it basically chops it super, super fine. So that way I can bread the item that I'm breading, whether it's the steak or chicken, and it'll cook better and it won't be as greasy. So after I used those breadcrumbs um, and I made my meal, I realized like basically finding things that are gluten-free, yeah, it takes some work, it takes some time, to know which products are going to work best for our taste buds and what we like and what we enjoy. And as long as you take that time to find those items, you can make any dish that you used to eat. Just changing it up by finding different ingredients that fit with the gluten-free lifestyle. There's plenty of products out there, whether it's edible like as far as meals go, um, or face soaps, conditioners, that kind of stuff that actually are um, gluten-free, um, that I will put on my blog, and you guys can go ahead and check that out, and I'll just put a list in there. That way you guys can see that there are items that maybe you even used in the past that are gluten-free, you just haven't taken the time to look it up, or haven't had the time to look it up. When I do see those posts on social media asking about what is gluten-free or what they could use because they used to eat this and now they can't and they're in panic mode, I do reach out and send a message um, along with a lot of other people who also go through similar um, thoughts in their head, but they've done the research and taken the time to look for the products that fit for them. And I just go ahead and message them back and let them know, like, hey, listen, um, you know, I've, I use this and it tastes delicious or this product is, is good for this. 
You know, that way they see that they're, number one, there's help out there if, you know, you don't want to research it yourself or you don't have time to research it yourself and you just put that out there, that question, you're going to get a response from somebody, you know. And, you know, I created an Instagram page as well as a Facebook page to go along with this podcast. That way I could just get everybody that wants help and, you know, is touched by this podcast at some way, shape, or form, um, and have the ability to help them or guide them in the right direction. Again, I'm not a medical professional by any means. I'm just doing this based off of experience, and I want people to have a smooth process when it comes to, you know what, I have to change my, my lifestyle. I have to change the way that I'm eating because of this, and, you know, it's a large community and I just want to help out and make sure that people are directed in the right way and, and see that there are options for them. And, and it doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, the world is ending because you can't have fried whatever. And, um, you know, just check out my Instagram, check out my Facebook. Uh, it's living with their autoimmune and that's at Instagram and also, Facebook. So if you check out those two and you feel like you need to leave a question behind or, or want to share your story even, go ahead and do so. I'm willing to listen to your stories and, and respond back. And if you let me, I will share your, your stories on this podcast and in my blog. That way people get an understanding of, of different perspectives on, on experiences that have happened to others, you know, and maybe they'll fit into what's going on and, and see that, you know, there is a lot of support out here for them and, you know, you're not alone. Thanks everyone for joining me here at Autoimmune and Me, where life throws you curveballs, it's just a matter of swinging or not. Join me next week for a new episode to learn more about our story. Please feel free to reach out to me at livingwiththeirtheir, autoimmune, at gmail.com to share your story.